This is the 10,000 Depositions Later podcast, episode 14. I'm Jim Garrity. This is a case spotlight episode, meaning we're talking today about a new court ruling on a deposition-related issue. Today's focus, asking the same question over and over and making the asked and answered objection. The order I'm going to talk about today was a discovery order issued two days ago, actually, on November 10, 2020, in the Northern District of California. The case is Zelany, Z-E-L-A-N-Y, versus Newsom, N-E-W-S-O-M, uh, etc., 2020, Westlaw, 658-5793. And the federal case number, if you need it, is 17CV-07357-RS-TSH. Zelany, Z-E-L-A-N-Y-0-7-3-5-7-R-S-T-S-H. In this order, the federal magistrate criticized a lawyer for instructing a witness not to answer because the examining lawyer had apparently asked the same question several times. The discovery ruling cites three occasions from the deposition transcript where the defense lawyer made the form objection asked and answered, followed by the comment, he's already answered that question, followed by an instruction to the deponent not to answer the question. Now, to be clear, asked and answered is a legitimate form objection. You can simply say asked and answered. You can say form asked and answered, or I object asked and answered, some variation of that. The National Institute for Trial Advocacy, or NIDA, as it's sometimes called, says in one of its publications that it's actually proper to say the witness has already answered the question or the question has been asked and answered. Now, some judges might get a little agitated by these longer statements and might prefer that you simply keep the objection to asked and answered. But that will give you a flavor of the different ways that some respected authorities say this kind of objection can be expressed. NIDA has long been a heavyweight in the area of trial advocacy and training, so its opinions and views are significant. Its 300-page pocket guides, in case you've ever seen them, on the rules of evidence with objections is a clear favorite among hardcore trial lawyers and many judges. All right, back to the November 10, 2020 order. In that ruling, the magistrate judge criticizes the defense lawyer for making asked and answered objections, describing them as improper speaking objections. Well, let me say this. The defense lawyer's instruction to the witness not to answer the question was definitely improper. You can't do that on that ground. The asking of the same question more than once in a deposition is clearly not a basis to instruct a witness not to answer. Federal Rule of Civil Procedure 30C2 outlines the grounds for instructing a witness not to answer a question in a deposition. And it outlines three circumstances under which you can instruct the witness not to answer. You can do it if it's necessary to enforce or preserve a privilege, to enforce a prior limitation ordered by the court, or to present a motion under Federal Rule of Civil Procedure 30D3. And as you may know, 30D3A says, at any time during a deposition, the deponent or a party may move to terminate or limit it on the ground that it is being conducted in bad faith or in a manner that unreasonably annoys, embarrasses, or oppresses the deponent or party. Continuing, it says the motion may be filed in the court where the action is pending or the deposition is being taken. If the objecting deponent or party so demands, the deposition must be suspended for the time necessary to obtain an order. End quote. So those are the only two ways under the federal rules to get out of answering a question in a deposition. One is when the lawyer instructs the witness not to answer a question properly under one of the three enumerated grounds in the rule. The other is when you are halting a deposition because of bad faith, oppression, embarrassment, or annoyance. Now to be sure, 
the fact that a lawyer is asking the exact same question or substantially the same question over and over in a deposition might give you the beginnings of an argument to halt the deposition and either call the judge or seek a protective order. But you can't just tell the witness not to answer the question. If you're going to rely on Rule 30 D3A, you've actually got to halt the deposition or reach out to the judge mid-deposition in order to get an order. So I think the defense lawyer was wrong in that respect. He should not have instructed the witness not to answer under Rule 30C2, and he didn't have a basis to halt the deposition under 30D3A because, according to the discovery order, he'd only had to make that objection three times during the entire deposition. But here's where the magistrate judge gets it wrong. He says that saying, asked and answered, is improper because it's a speaking objection. Well, if all you're saying is asked and answered, you're making a form objection, and that's 100% proper. Asked and answered is not a speaking objection. It's an objection to the form, just like compound, argumentative, and similar objections. Now, to be sure, there's no specific federal rule addressing form objections specifically, but those kinds of objections are obviously proper in the context of both depositions and trials. If you're looking for authority under the federal rules, you'll find it in Rule of Evidence 611A, which says that a judge has the power to control the method and mode of examination in order to, among other things, avoid wasting time, protect witnesses from harassment, and protect witnesses from undue embarrassment. The asked and answered objection also has its origins in Federal Rule of Evidence 403, which says, quote, the court may exclude relevant evidence if its probative value is substantially outweighed by a danger of one or more of the following, unfair prejudice, confusing the issues, misleading the jury, undue delay, wasting time, or needlessly presenting cumulative evidence. And that's exactly what the asked and answered objection uh, is directed to, is cumulative evidence, the repetition of a question and the same answer. Now, if you're adding commentary to your asked and answered objection, then you might be straying into coaching or speaking objections. So if your response is, asked and answered, Bill, he's already told you that he doesn't know who submitted the patent application and that Kristen Harris had the file and she responded to the follow-up inquiries. Well, fair enough. Speaking objection as part of the form objection. But simply saying asked and answered, no way is that improper. Now, with that in mind, let me read to you the magistrate's ruling on this specific point. And as I said, the magistrate just got it wrong. You don't get to ask a witness the same question over and over and over. That's a technique that some lawyers use to pressure witnesses to change their answers. And it's clearly objectionable. Now, we've all asked the same question more than once at some point during a deposition, with some nuance or variance to the question, just to make sure that we understand what the witness is saying, and to make sure that the witness understands what we're asking. But to say there's nothing wrong with asking the same or nearly identical question multiple times over and over again without clearly outlining the limits on that is just not the law. So here's the magistrate's ruling. Quote, The asked and answered objection is additionally problematic because it is a speaking objection and therefore also violates Rule 30C2's separate prohibition on argumentative and suggestive objections. There is nothing wrong with asking a question multiple times during a deposition. Sometimes the witness didn't answer it, or answered only part of it, or the answer is implausible, or the answer builds in caveats that a slight rephrasing of the question might expose, 
or asking essentially the same question from different angles or in slightly different ways yields different answers. Unless repeated questioning crosses the line into harassment, it can be an effective technique of cross-examination. Objecting, quote, asked and answered, close quote, is a way of coaching the witness because it is not actually objectionable to ask a question multiple times. Now that statement is clearly wrong, but continuing to quote from the order, saying asked and answered can be a way of telling the witness not to change his testimony from what he said before. Also, as every lawyer knows, when the defending attorney objects, quote, asked and answered, close quote, often the question really wasn't answered. So the objection becomes a suggestion to the witness to continue refusing to answer the question, which is what happened here. Defense counsel's instruction not to answer based on his asked and answer objection is overruled. And he goes on to say the plaintiff's attorney may depose the witness further on those questions and on any reasonable follow-up questions, close quote. The order ends with the magistrate granting the plaintiff's motion to compel and ordering the defense witness to be redeposed and to answer the questions as put to him. Now, this order might be useful to you if you're in a situation where you asked a question and then followed up with a nearly identical variant and got an objection of asked and answered. This order does say it's okay to approach a question multiple ways in order to ascertain the truth. So if you're looking for authority to ask the same question multiple ways, this order will do that for you. But the judge got it wrong in saying that merely objecting asked and answered is a speaking objection. It isn't. It's a recognized form objection with its source of authority in two separate federal rules of evidence, 403 and 611. Now, commentary along with the objection might be improper. The objection standing by itself, nothing wrong with that at all. I should also note that the magistrate judge did not cite any case authority or support for his ruling about this type of objection, so you won't find any in the order. I should also add that this order, as I indicated at the outset of this particular episode, that this order is fresh from the judge's chambers. It's just 48 hours old at the time of this podcast, so it's conceivable that the defense lawyer might appeal the ruling to the district judge on that point, or maybe even ask the magistrate judge to reconsider his own ruling. We'll see. Anyway, that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts to get each new episode as it's uploaded.